Our God, we ask you to help us to listen to what you want us to hear. And we ask that you will change what needs changing in our life, as well as to help us to stand firm in those things we must not change. And uh, we ask this through the one who came to this planet of yours 2,023 years ago, and by doing so changed everything, including the year we're in. Yes, we bring this prayer before you, most mindful of him, that is Jesus. Amen. Uh, friends, we uh, live in times of change. Have you noticed that? I'm sure you have. You cannot avoid the massive changes that are going on around us and have now become the very fabric of society. Love it or hate it, uh, we are stuck with it, well, at least for now. Yes, the world we live in today is ever-changing. As some have said, the one word that best describes the world today is change. But the world we live in today isn't just changing. It is more than that. It is unprecedented change. Yes, unprecedented change in speed, in scale and in scope. The world has never seen this sort of change before. For example, it wasn't that long ago that an apple was a piece of fruit. <laughs> well, it still is. <laughs> but mention the word apple and most people immediately think of something else these days. For example, it wasn't that long ago that a tablet was something you swallowed. <laughs> but now mention the word tablet and we now think of a small portable computer. For example, a mouse <laughs> used to be a mouse <laughs> and it would eat cheese and most people would freak <laughs> if they saw one running around in the house. But today we have them on our tables and desks and now hold them in our hands. They're almost an extension of our body, aren't they, Graham? <laughs> For example, a cloud used to be just a visible mass of condensed water vapour floating in the atmosphere, but now it refers to where all one's files and pictures and videos are somehow backed up and stored for us. I've got all these new ones uh, just recently. I don't know where, what, what cloud they're from. Uh, for example, a tweet was just the voice of a bird, but now it's something we humans do. Well, some of us do. <laughs> For example, mention the word post, and one would immediately think of Australia Post and placing mail or parcels in an actual physical letterbox, but now post is a message you, you click to someone. Yes, so much has changed, and changed so quickly. And what about this one? Who here still has a Teledex? <laughs> I, I thought Steve might put his hand up. <laughs> Keep it and one day sell it on eBay. <laughs> It'll be worth a fortune. Uh, they are Roger. Uh, Roger's not well today. He couldn't be here, but anyway. They are Roger, and you thought money was in vinyl records. <laughs> and what about the expression LOL? Like in some parts of the world, it was recognised with a person drowning. 
I always thought it meant lots of love. <laughs> but no, it apparently means laugh out loud. And as our social generational experts tell us, if you were born after 1995, you are part of Generation Z. And all you have experienced, yes, all you have experienced, is a lifestyle of unprecedented change. For example, it was only in 1997 that Google, besides now also being the root of a verb, Marge would love that, not, <laughs> uh, registered its domain. And that certainly has changed the world big time. For example, it was only in 2000 that the famous Nokia 3310 came out. Yeah, 2000. <laughs> Finally, a small compact mobile phone. <laughs> I used to have to take one home and you yeah, had to have a whole seat for it in my previous job. A whole seat for your mobile phone. Massive. Uh, does anyone still have one of these collectibles? Steve, do you have a, no? <laughs> you got one, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it. For example, it was only in 2005 that YouTube started. 2005. And more than 100 hours of content, yes, more than 100 hours of content is uploaded every single minute. That equates to, I've done the sums, 115 years of content loaded every week. Wow. And then there's Wikipedia, founded in 2001. And Facebook, not long ago, in 2006. Which incidentally, after six years, reached one billion, billion users. And that's not forgetting the iPhone. <laughs> Who here knows when the first iPhone came out? It came out in 2007. Not long ago, is it? It reveals the rapid changes that the world has been hit with. I've only put a rear picture of an iPhone on this slide as I prefer Samsung. <laughs> well, uh, they've been around longer too. Anyway, <laughs> well, I mentioned a little earlier that Generation Z refers people born in 1995 and following. That is, it includes those at school today, <laughs> or at TAFE or university, or just commencing in the workforce. With all this change going on, it's estimated that in their lifetime, on average, they will probably have 17 jobs, five different careers, and live in 15 different homes. Wow. All that whole generation has seen and has experienced and has known is what? is change. For your information, even today, an average Australian now stays with their employer for only, I wrote this down, three years, four months. I was only watching The Chase on Channel 7 the other day. Uh, please don't hold that against me. But anyway. <laughs> I was only watching The Chase on Channel 7 the other day and someone said that they'd been with their present employer for a long time. 
it was asked of them, how long? And they said, it's been almost three years now. <laughs> A long time. And finally, to paint this picture for you of how rapidly the environment we live in is changing in all areas of life, when it comes to religion in Australia, that too has recently changed dramatically. In the past 50 years, the Australian census tells us that there has almost been a 50% decrease in the number of Christians. Church attendance has also decreased almost 50%. It wasn't that long ago in England you were fined for not going to church. Act of uniformity. Uh, and in 2021, there were 11 million people in Australia who say they are Christian. This is only two years ago. 11 million people who say they are Christian. But there were also 10 million Aussies who say they are non-religious now. Wow. And we are sadly a world leader in this particular area of great change. Yes, changes galore in every area of life. In case you're wondering, the details I gave you are from my mega brain. <laughs> no, they're from the Australian Census and from the McCrindle Research. So friends, how are you going in all that change? Change that is now the very fabric of society in which we live. Let alone the norm, <laughs> for some of us, for Generation Z. Yes, how are you going with it all? Are you struggling with it? Now, hear me correctly. I'm, I'm not trying to say that all change is bad. Oh, I love my Galaxy phone. <laughs> I'm sure you love yours too. But I'm saying, from what I hear from many of you and from what I observe, uh, the unprecedented change we now live in, in speed, in size and in scope, is too much for people and we're struggling. I think we're struggling because it has caused a much, much busier lifestyle. It's also left the struggle of women and men both in the workforce for dead. <laughs> but also because what you once did you can no longer do because it's now changed. And therefore, so much frustration sets in. Also, the person you used to talk to at a particular business or department and who knew stuff and would help you, they've either moved and no longer work there or the whole organisation and its procedures has now changed. All you get is, <laughs> I've tried it this week with someone, is a recorded message and a menu. Yes, struggling to cope with unprecedented changes, how I would describe most people today. But friends, now take heart because there is something that never changes. And because it never changes, and because it's much bigger than everything else that seems to keep changing, we can take comfort in it. We can sort of run to it and sort of sit with it take time out with it, almost watch from it. 
Watch how crazily busy and constantly changing society has now become. Yes, it helps us to see everything else in the right light. And sometimes, well, by taking time out with it, it will not only calm you, but also it is able to put into order for you stuff you can't completely follow, stuff you don't fully understand, stuff that simply keeps happening and constantly changing. Yes, it, and knowing it, brings much comfort, and especially much comfort in a world that is ever-changing. And do you know what it is? Well, it isn't an it. It's actually a he. It is God. And God, my friends, never changes. I do not change, Malachi 3.6. You can't get much simpler and clearer than that. And part of the reason why God himself also urges us to run to him, sit with him, take time out with him and look at things from his perspective is because he knows that it is all too much for us to handle. Yes, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. Yes, a world that is ever-changing, a, a people today struggling with unprecedented change, but a God, a God never changing. But what does it actually mean to say that God never changes? Besides it being very comforting to know that God never changes, imagine how things would be if he was ever changing. <laughs> but what does it mean that God never changes? Well, it means many things, and some are. It means that what he says, he does. Because he doesn't change his mind. It therefore means that what he says he must also be able to do. It means that what he says, if he's a good God, is always right. It's not that he says something that isn't quite right and has to go back and therefore change what he said. It therefore means that he knows everything. Because it's only when one doesn't know everything that one has to change his or her mind because new information has just come to light. Yes, at this level, God is nothing like us. Nothing at all. We are very limited in matching what we say with what we do. Either because we don't always tell the truth or because we aren't always able to do what we'd like to do. <laughs> And we are very limited in what we know. And so when more information comes to light, we usually have to change what we thought, originally thought or did. Yes, we are not all-knowing like God is. We are also not all-powerful like God is. We are not God. And therefore we are regularly changing things and regularly changing our minds. And so with technology, this eventually results in the sort of society that we now live in.
And friends, part of the drive behind such unprecedented changes is that we're continually looking to and hoping for satisfaction and answers in the things of life, especially including self. Rather than finding satisfaction and answers in the life giver himself, God. Yes, God is all-knowing, God is all-powerful, God is good, God therefore never changes and in him is found total satisfaction. His son said that in John chapter 10 verse 10. Friends, I want to finish with two things and yes, in case you're wondering, I haven't forgotten it is Easter Sunday. <laughs> and these two things flow on from the immutability of God. Yeah, that's just a big word. <laughs> meaning God never changes, he is unchangeable, he is unchanging. The first thing I have actually already mentioned, and it is this, because God is never changing, we should take great comfort. Great comfort. We should. God knows everything and has power over everything, so we should take great comfort in that in the many, almost countless things we encounter each week in this ever-changing world. There's no wonder that he says things like, come to me and you will find rest, Matthew 11. That's comfort. Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46. That's comfort. Take time out and come under my wings Psalm 57 and Psalm 91 that's comfort talk to me please talk to me Philippians 4 that's comfort that's real comfort talking to someone who does know because God is never changing we should take great comfort in his immutability and therefore run to him talk to him take time out with him and let him talk to you and calm you and the second thing is this uh, because God is never changing we should take great care great care and, and what do I mean by that well as I said earlier what God says he does he doesn't say one thing and then do another. He doesn't change his mind. And the message of Easter, so I told you I would get to it. <laughs> the message of Easter is proof, yes, proof that what God says he does. He doesn't look at us and decide to change his mind. I would. If I were God and at that first Easter saw how people treated my son, I'd quickly change my mind and pull the plug on it all and say, son, get out of there. They're not worth it. And I guess you would too. But no, God still does what he said he would always do. 
And what did he say he would do? He promised to send someone to save us from the punishment our rejection of him, our sins, deserve eternal death. Yes, he promised to send someone to save us from the punishment we deserve for being hell-bent on looking for satisfaction in life and answers in anything, especially including self, but him. To the point of even denying his existence now. Well, at least 10 million Aussies apparently have done that one. Yes, he promised. And so, yes, he delivered and the rest is history. And pretty much the whole world now knows what he did. Even if many, yes, sadly many, reject him. And what he did is celebrated today as Easter. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And I don't mean what the world has now made of it, a celebration of chocolate eggs that rabbits lay. <laughs> anyway, yes, God who never changes did what he said he would do. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sins on that rugged cross and we celebrated that on Good Friday. And God who never changes did what he said he would do and we celebrate that on Easter Sunday. He rose his son from the dead to show that the punishment our sins deserve can now be paid for in full. And therefore rather than eternal death being everyone's ultimate destiny, eternal life is possible for all who come running back to him. Yes, Easter shows us that God never changes. He does what he says. He knows all. He is good. He has power over all, including life and death itself. And so at Easter time, we reflect on what he said. We remember what he did. And we rejoice because he is risen, just as he said. But why do we need to show great care about all of this? It's a good question. The reason why is because God has not yet done one thing that he said he would do. And that should sober us. That, my friends, should cause us to take great care. Yes, at Easter we reflect, we remember and we rejoice. They are the three R's we need to keep coming back to. But there is a fourth R, and it is still to come, and it concerns his return. Yes, God, because he never changes, will do what he says. His son will return. And this time, to judge you and to judge me as to whether we have paid attention to what he has done through his son, and therefore... Have we changed? So are you ready for his return? Yes, are you ready for his return? In the end, if life is about a very important relationship, yes, you could say, I thought originally it was six or seven, <laughs> seven R's, <laughs> reflect, remember, rejoice, 
risen, return, <laughs> relationship, but also being ready for it. And because we know that the Lord himself does not change, guess who does need to change? And therefore, be ready for his son's return. That's right, you need to change. I need to change. We all need changing. And friends, this is the one area that we do need to change. It concerns who we now live for. For him or for me? That's it in a nutshell. Or maybe an Easter egg. (laughs) Yes, change and live for him or continue to live for me? That's the choice. And if you continue to live for me, for self, when he returns, rest assured, because he never changes, he will do what he says. He will not change his mind. You will experience his ever-consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 29. Friends, I hope that today's message will comfort those who are struggling in this ever-changing world by causing us to more and more press into him, the one who never changes. I also hope that today's message will cause those who still need to change, who still need to repent, to do so and to do so this very day because what a life, a new life, a new resurrected life awaits all who change. Yes, the resurrection changes everything. Amen. Thank you all. Thanks, Dan.